0: which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
1: The overwhelming theme is United States, China, and use of coal. David Turk joins us now with Secretary Granholm as U.S. Deputy Energy Secretary. David, thank you so much for joining us. And you do so with your service to the nation of six, seven, and eight jobs in climate. The immovable fact is we're trying to do something about coal. My latest reading is China's really not doing something about coal. What is the department's timeline in America to diminish coal usage?
2: Well, first of all, Tom and Lisa, thanks for the time, and I really appreciate you being being with you today. Um, So we've got to look across the board. It's not just coal. It's natural gas. It's oil. We've got to look at all the sources of emissions, and we've got to have a plan to build all the new uh, clean energy, Uh, and this is what we've got in the U.S. We've got historic levels of funding through the pieces of legislation, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act. We're building out our clean energy future like never before in our country. It's quite staggering what we're we're doing
1: i go with that. And, of course, in the FT this morning, a huge difference between a compete, comp- complete climate commitment in Europe to the fractured battle you fight every day in the United States. But to look at coal as one example, particularly with the Chinese just ignoring the debate on coal from everything I read, what is the administration's path to shut down or diminish coal usage across America?
2: So we've seen dramatic declines in coal uh, in our country and uh, that's projected to continue going forward. It's because we have cheaper, better alternatives, uh, solar and wind. Um, The solar penetration we've got in our country, the wind, uh, other clean energy technologies, uh, they're just simply cheaper and better and so the market is reacting uh, to those incentives.
0: David, I'm looking right now at WTI uh, crude traded on the NYMEX at $73.46. Is this a good time to start refilling the uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve?
2: So we have been, um, and we're going to be opportunistic, and we're going to take every advantage when the price is at the right level to make a good deal for taxpayers. Uh, We're going to refill. So uh, we are refilling as much as we can. We've been doing that for the last several months, and uh, at this price level, we'll keep uh, keep doing it. (coughs)
0: And it's been about a 3 million barrel a month purchase that the Energy Department has been making. Do you plan to accelerate that, though, as prices do continue to fall?
2: So that is the physical limit of how much we can buy back. Uh, We've got some lifetime extensions in some of our caverns. We actually have four separate Uh, facilities for separate sites for our strategic petroleum reserve so we will be doing at least three million barrels uh, and we hope we can bring more capacity online at these price levels to buy as much as we can to refill to make sure we've got that available uh, when we need it in the future so we'll buy as much back as we uh, we possibly can but there are some physical constraints uh, given the way the caverns are set up.
0: We've been talking a lot about some of the consolidation in the shale patch uh, with a number of companies coming to the fore, the latest coming this morning. Is this a good thing from the energy department standpoint or a bad thing?
2: So as you know, a lot of decisions that are made in the energy sector, certainly in our country, are private sector uh, decisions along uh, along those lines, and we're certainly (coughs) seeing that happen uh, as well. I think one good thing we've certainly seen is a focus from a lot of companies, including here at the climate conference, on reducing methane emissions. Uh, this is something we've been after for quite some time. Our EPA colleagues uh, recently announced some big news here in terms of the new regulatory uh, structure to really uh, do what's the biggest no-brainer, I think, in the history yeah. of no-brainers on climate is reduce methane emissions in the oil and gas sectors. So we're really stepping up on that, and we're seeing right. some companies uh, step up on that beyond what they're required to do in the U.S.
1: I'll take your point on it. There's some real traction on that. You know, I, I want to go back here. You were an advisor fresh out of Virginia to Senators Biden, Senator Conrad, you've had 18 jobs in energy, you've arguably, uh, David of, Republicans and Democrats have more experience than anybody breathing today. How did we get to being an OPEC-sized oil nation? All of a sudden, we're like as big as a rocker, you know, I'll let you decide what it is. How did we get to this hydrocarbon success that America is today?
2: Well, first of all, Tom, thanks for the compliment. I'll make sure my mom uh, sees this and hears such a nice, uh, nice compliment. Uh, I think the short answer is we are a private sector market. And unless you have federal laws, federal restrictions, the private sector will do what the private sector will do. And they found a lot of uh, profit and a lot of opportunity, including and especially in shale in our country.
1: What do you say to the critics of the Biden administration that it is not private sector centric?
2: So look at the numbers, look at where the production levels are at. Uh, we also need to, of course, focus on the emissions coming from all of that oil and gas, not only that produced in the U.S., but around the world. And one disappointment i have to say here at the climate conference is while we've made some progress on methane emissions that's a big deal Uh, i don't think there's as much focus as there needs to be on oil and gas scope three emissions that is those emissions uh... uh, produced uh... when uh... that oil that gasoline uh... goes into the uh... atmosphere scope three emissions are actually ten times the amount of scope one and scope two for many oil and gas companies. So we need a lot more focus on scope three emissions. We need a real credible plan for dealing with those emissions.
0: David, does it make it kind of awkward for the U.S. to have a leadership position in reducing emissions at COP 28, given the fact that U.S. production has increased to a record pace, even as it's cut in places like Saudi Arabia and Qatar?
2: So I feel incredibly proud to be part of this historic Biden administration when it comes to climate change. In fact, we're actually seeing our emissions decrease in the U.S. 3% in 2023, despite GDP growth uh, healthier uh, than just about every other country in the world. And what you've seen is with the historic pieces of legislation, all we're doing in this administration, we're expected already just in these few short years of policy to actually double our emission reductions by 2030, uh, uh, 40% plus reductions. Um, uh, just from the actions from this administration. That's an impressive mm-hmm. uh, record, and we need to do more. All countries around the world need to do more given, uh, given the, the, the climate challenges that we face and we're already seeing in our world today.
1: David Turk, thank you so much. He's a deputy U.S. Energy Secretary, of course, from Dubai. What
0: could you do if your data was working for you and not against you?